Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Plenty to get into a Therapy Monday as Nebraska falls to Northwestern 21-13. You've seen a lot of tough losses. You've seen a lot of bad losses. This is up there for discussion uh, when it comes to matching your frustration level being 15 out of 10. And uh, we'll talk about it the next couple of hours. We'll hear from Scott Frost. Jay Moore will chime in. Anxious to hear what is going on with Nebraska football from Blackshirt Charlie McBride in one hour. And uh, Greg Smith from Hale Varsity also going to stop by. But plenty of room for you should you choose to jump in. Numbers to dial up 466-3776-4667-76-800-825-5865. Those are the numbers to get in. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com and find us and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence and uh, do so on Twitter. So uh, Shane fired off. Couldn't wait till Monday. Got in. Shane's a loyal listener out of Columbus. And um, Shane's calling me on the carpet for my quite obviously wrong prediction last weekend or last week with what I thought was going to happen compared to what did happen with Nebraska football. Uh, This is from Shane. Chris, how's that pitcher of Kool-Aid taste? Nice prediction when you were saying how we were going to play a more mistake-free game and win this one easily. I couldn't help but wonder during your prediction what team you've been watching. If we go five plays without a penalty, you can just feel one's coming on or a turnover. Sorry for the sarcasm. Love the show. I deserve that. And I don't know about you. But when it comes to the penalties and the timing of the penalties and just how that absolutely derails this football team, you're at a loss, quite honestly. And this is not excuse radio. I'm trying to do all of the math here, other than the the simple one plus one is two, with a senior-laden offensive line you shouldn't be making mistakes. Now, not all the seniors were making mistakes. There were a couple of young pups that that, that had flags as well. But just when it comes to the, the false starts, the penalties, the holdings, the things that have really rocked Nebraska through two games. And the, the question that's out there, 
and we'll try and answer it. Kind of what's your take on this as well as 466-377-6800-825-5865. Why is this continually happening to Nebraska? Why is this happening in, in the Scott Frost era? So I've got a few theories as, as to the why things are just so up and down, so roller coastery. I mean, you, you rewind a week ago, the things that were kind of burned into my head that helps me make a prediction where Nebraska is going to be a cleaner football team, Nebraska is going to take better care of the football, uh, Northwestern doesn't really scare you on offense. I know they had a big 41-yard 40, 41 run by Carrot Top. And, and you're like, okay, that, that kind of sucked if you're Nebraska. But for the most part, the Husker D played really, really well. And then they had a series in there, you know, opening drive of the third quarter. And then that, that final nail, uh, the, the second and third touchdown drives where they decided not to tackle. And it was two guys that have been in the program for a while that weren't great at tackling, guys that were suspended in the first half. Uh, on the offensive line between Farniak, uh with a false start. And talk about playing okay ball. I mean, he got moved into center. Wasn't bad. Wasn't Jurgens, but wasn't bad. And, you know, Nebraska's got a, a myriad of things that are the problem. And what I hear, Nebraska's ready to turn the corner a week ago. And, you know, we're sick of practicing or we've had more practices than anybody – my math says, okay, if, if, if they've had more practices than anybody, they should be better at, at just playing football, right? Because practice makes perfect. Well, the other thing kind of lost in all of this, and that was evident a week ago with Scott Frost and his frustration, was the, this team needs to play to get better. That's quite clear, and that's why they fought so hard to get a second game. But more importantly than just playing, this team needs to go win. All right, they need to go play somebody, hand out a butt kicking if that's possible, and get some confidence. Joe Makovic has said it three weeks ago about this team and confidence, and some things, some good things need to happen to this team to see kind of a proof in concept. You can drill so many times. You can listen to your head coach so many times. And I'm not indicating or insinuating that Frost or the assistants have lost this team. Not at all. I'm just saying eventually as a player, you need to see what you're doing work. You need to see what the game plan is and have success. And you saw it between the 20s on Saturday. You saw Nebraska crank out 442 yards. You saw Nebraska move the ball all day until Nebraska stopped themselves on about every drive. Eight drives past the 50 into Northwestern territory. You come away with 13 points. A little bit of credit needs to go to Northwestern. They're tough. They're underrated. This is who they are with what Maryland looks like now compared to what Maryland looked like against Northwestern's defense. You saw the Iowa team explode for a lot of points against Sparty, who had to have a little bit of swag after whacking Michigan, and Iowa dropped the hammer. So Northwestern's defense, yes, opportunistic. Their offense, not scary at all, but good enough to put up 21 points and hold you to 13. This is how they're going to win. This is who they are. This is their identity. You don't have an identity 
you don't have a bread and butter right now if you're in Nebraska and you have a quarterback situation, you need to remedy, period. And you've got a, a head coach, a two-year starter, and a redshirt freshman phenom. That's not a bad problem to have. A guy who gets a quarterback position, who lived the quarterback position, and breathed the quarterback position here at Nebraska. He's got a tough decision to make here by Penn State. And I think everyone's made it for him. But he still has to make the decision with where Nebraska needs to go to get this offense going. From a play-calling standpoint, Frost has been crucified a lot since Saturday afternoon on the red zone. You can't just line up and power it in. That's what run-the-ball guy, and I am sometimes in that political party of run-the-ball guy, inside the red zone, specifically inside the five. I would love to see Nebraska power it in. Truth be told, when it comes to spread offenses, They're not the most physical, and they struggle in the red zone. Unless you've got Cam Newton quarterback sneaking it, a lot of spread offenses do struggle in the red zone, specifically running power. Okay, So the idea is to go speed and power eventually with Nebraska, but a lot of Nebraska fans, Saturday may have been your last straw because you threw your hands up in the air with the penalties, with the turnovers, and then a couple of instances of bad defensive tackling in series. So you're frustrated, you're angry, and you're wondering when is this going to get better? Will it get better? What's the timeline on it? And there's a lot of chest beating and gnashing of teeth because Nebraska fans, and quite honestly, I agree with you, that was a winnable game you let go. Nebraska now has 10 losses of one possession or fewer in the Frost era. Nebraska needs to get better in close games, obviously. How does that happen? Again, I go back to confidence. I go back to momentum. And this team needs to have something good happen. But it's on the team, right? The team needs to eventually go make a play. A guy who's been in the program for a number of years that's a senior needs to not have a false start. Right. There are some things that that are up to players to do. okay, And then there are some things the coaches need to do better when it comes to play calling and scheming and just being ready to take on that moment. If it's going to be a tight game, believe you can win. Know you can win. And that's where this team's problem is. They have got the yeps. They've got a little too much going on when it comes to outthinking themselves. And the reality is they're a team that is hoping they are going to win versus knowing they're going to win because they have not seen that success on the field. You can look at the one possession scores, the one point, I should say the the field goal to seven point ball games. I mean, it's not that they haven't won some close games. They have, but they've let more and more and more slip away. And it's a mindset, it's a mentality, it's at the free throw line when it's one to tie and two to take the lead. And are you going to be able to hit both shots? Are you going to be able to split and at least force overtime? And right now this team has got a big time conflict of confidence. That's exactly what it is. And the only way it's going to get better, the only way it's going to get fixed is that they actually go out and do it, but they got to believe that they can go do it. I know that's 
psychological, philosophical mumbo-jumbo, but short of sacrificing a live chicken or calling in the hypnotherapist, I got nothing else for you. It's up to the older guys to not screw up in big moments or in a normal moment to make it first and 10 instead of first and 15. And it's up to some guys that have been in the program for a while to do their job and make the routine play. Not the highlight reel play where you're rolling and you throw into triple coverage. We'll get to quarterback talk in just a moment. Let's go to the phones. Who's with us? It's Pete. Pete, Pete, welcome into Hale Varsity. Thanks for calling. How you doing? Doing all right, man. What do you say? Well, first of all, I'm going to say I am a Scott Frost supporter. Stand behind him. But then I'm going to give my opinion. I think the play calling is horrendous. Mm-hmm. When you start throwing the ball to the sidelines on your own 10-yard line, a play that hasn't worked in three years is ridiculous. When you run the ball down and get the ball down, what, 30, 35-yard line, all of a sudden you decide to do a flea flicker. You disrupt the momentum of the game and of the offense. Now, most coaches will tell you how you practice is pretty much how you play. With these penalties, practice must not be very good, and that's something they can correct. I, I just have a real problem because I don't think the, the offense has any leaders out there. Is there anybody on the offense to hold the other people accountable? Pete, let me let me jump. Pete, that's that's a, that's that's the fair question there. Let me let me jump in on you on this. Don't your your leaders have to be guys that are not only vocal but also leading by example? And right now, who do you have on the offense that's upper class that's not helping out with the mistakes? Well, if it's got to be a lineman, you use a lineman. You got to have somebody. It's got to be somebody. Um, but it, you cannot be the guy that screws up all the time and throws interceptions and fumbles the ball and be called the leader. That's not leading. So I agree with you there. But I, I just totally disagree with the play calling. Mm-hmm. The second part of it is we have nobody to go deep, or at least they're unwilling to throw the ball deep. So the defense is going to pull their safety up and play run support. They're going to play tight on the receivers because they only got to cover half the field. That offense is never going to do much. If you can't at least throw deep, even if it gets intercepted, you got to show teams that you're willing to throw deep at least. Well, Pete, I, I think you're absolutely right on, on the deep threat, and I, I wonder what trust level. Thanks for the call, Pete, 466-3776. There's a lack of trust either in what the quarterback, quarterback is able to do, going deep, or a trust in the guys that are capable of taking the top off the defense, being able to get out there and execute it. Scott Frost talked a little bit about the young wideouts and what they know and what they don't know. Let's get to Tom real quick. Tom, uh, let's squeeze you in. Thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Yeah, real quickly. With the play calling, as we say, it's all really bad here. Uh, McCaffrey's pick was definitely because of a terrible, terrible play call. So if you're McCaffrey... You're a young kid. You're the second string, basically. Do you have the huevos to check out on that? Or what are you going to do as, a, as him? Can, can he check out of that call? 
I'd like to think so. And if you're going to call a pass play, Nebraska had a really good call on, on a third and short or even maybe a fourth down. And it was kind of a run-pass option, and Adrian picked up the first down. But you had a yeah. tight end sneak out, okay? And what happened? The tight end snuck out, the defender went with him, and it was wide open for Adrian. So I think if you, if you got two mobile quarterbacks, you're, you're rolling them, right? You're, you're rolling them out in the red zone, I'd like to yeah. think, versus dropping yeah, them back totally. and then trying to have him throw over a six-foot-nine tackles. Not great. McCaffrey's assets are his speed. you got to have him bootleg and get to the edge. And, and, I don't know why he's thrown in the middle. That's a terrible play call because there's 15 people standing in the middle of the field in the end zone, and that's where they have him throw the football. That's just asinine. Nah, not a good call. Hang on, we'll get to more calls. And my problem with the play calling is, is you see what those players do right before the play. They look over to the sideline. Scott Frost sees the defense, and he makes an adjustment, and you're still not getting the right play call? Uh, you got a lot of youth there that I don't know that they've got it all absorbed. Not an excuse. I think that's part of it. We'll get to more calls. Jay Moore's on the way. Allstate, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing? It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery of Therapy Monday. Tough one on Saturday. And Husker Nation is still fuming. We'll, we'll get to more of your calls here uh, shortly. We welcome in uh, more to it is Jay Moore's podcast. Co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up. We say hi to Jay Moore. Blackshirt Husker NFLer at jmoore44 on Twitter. Jay Bird, how many Coors Lights did you uh, recycle on Saturday? <laughs> Not enough. Actually, I took it rather easy on uh, on Saturday. Uh, just, you know, can't, it's hard. They didn't taste very good after um, a poor performance. So, you know, I, I wish I could, you know, had a few more, but just one of those days where they, they were hard to swallow. It's just a little, a little overly frustrated watching that football game. Yeah, let's start with what your eyes told you. Uh, and, and I guess I'm going to ask – we started the show off with this. Why does this keep happening to Nebraska football? Not only close losses, but self-inflicted wounds. Why does this happen to a football team? You know, I I, I wish I had a, a really good answer for you, and I wish you know I had a good answer for my podcast. But you know, I just I think it's just a, a mix of. Of, of everything, um, you know, not great quarterback play, um, not great, you know, O-line play, not great um, wide receiver play, you know, and, you know, a, a team, you know, and we, I'm just, you know, spade is a spade here. And, uh, you know, bad football teams don't take, uh, don't take opportunities when they're given to them. And, and, and Northwestern gave that, tried giving that game to them with, with penalties. And, and Nebraska finally got some calls to go the way. You can complain all you want about the – we didn't get the calls at Ohio State. Nebraska got the benefit of the doubt in the calls. I, I just – they just don't know how to win, Schmitty. They just don't know how to win yet. And I just – you know, and to figure that out, they've got to start doing it. You know, it's not like they're not trying. Um, they're preparing. They're doing things in practice. I know they're practicing the right way, but it's just – Sometimes I don't know if it's 
if um, they're overthinking it, they're trying too hard. Is, is Frost trying too hard overthinking it? You know, um, I always have a lot of golf analogies. It's kind of like, you know, um, it's like when a golfer is, you know, playing one of his best rounds that he's ever played and he realizes it. And then all of a sudden he goes bogey, bogey, double, mm-hmm. you know, and that just kind of seems like Nebraska's like, oh my gosh, you're playing pretty solid. Um, let's not screw this up. And that was the situation I think it happened at Colorado last year. And all of a sudden, you get a little tentative, you get out of your, you know, you just, you start looking ahead and not staying in the moment and not staying even keel. And you just start getting outside of yourself and you start playing poor football. Um, and, you know, you and I talked about that Friday out of Wilderness Ridge. Just, you know, this team has to stay even keel, has to stay, uh, you know, has to stay, um, you know, the blood pressure has, you know, it can't get too high, can't get too low. Um, the pulse, you know, has to stay straight. It can't be a roller coaster ride. And I think they just they tend to get a little too excited and, you know, and they almost like you start trying a little harder instead of just keeping course and just keeping patient and letting, letting you know, the, the game plan come to you and the calls come to you and, um, you know, and just not force anything um, and don't get too deterred by one bad play or, you know, and, and it's just, it's just, a, it's just a mix of everything. It's just uh, it, it, it is. I know this team is extremely young. Um, they're only in their second game of this crazy year, um, this asterisk year, as I call it. And um, you know, hopefully, they can get it figured out rather, sooner rather than you know later. But uh, they got this. You know, I the frustrating thing for me is this offense is just they can't score points. You know, they can get all the yards you want. I mean, I've all I have all the statistics. I mean. And they can move the ball up and down, but as soon as they get it, you know, into the red zone, it's like they just they can't they can't figure out a way to get a get put the you know put the ball in the end zone. And you know, field goals work sometimes, but you know, field goals also are, in, in my opinion, are a win for the defense mm-hmm. in, in in this day and age of football. So this, this they got to figure it out. Um, you know, whether it's a QB issue, a play calling issue, uh, uh, execution issue, I'm sure it's it's all of the above. But uh, in year three with a three-year quarterback um, and getting more of your guys here, it's, you know, I know I know the staff is super frustrated, but it's just, it's unfortunately, it's just not adding up to what you would think in year three so far. Jay, through the first half hour of the show, it's been a lot of doom and gloom, but I thought one of the bright spots of the game Saturday was the defense, uh, only allowing three touchdowns, and one of those was because of a, a bad offensive possession followed up by some bad punt coverage set Northwestern up on Nebraska's side of the field. Uh, but what are your takeaways from that defensive performance on Saturday? I played great. They, you know what? You play well enough to, to win that football game. Um, you hold the team to 315 yards. They were 7 of 16 on, on third down. Uh, not it's okay. You know, they, you, know you want to try to you know, keep them under 40%. Um, I think that's about 44%. So, you know, but you know what? You get two turnovers in two terms in the first half without your starting secondary uh, to your starting, uh, you know, without um, Cam Taylor-Britt and Deontay Williams back there. Um, you, you, They did everything that, that needed to be done to win that football game. Um, and unfortunately, they've done that, you know, in the past too where they, you know, you just the offense can't can't get the job done, and it's uh, it's you know and I guess the, frust- the well frustrating thing, but surprising thing is, is the defense, you know, through through two games, like you know the Ohio State game is more of a maybe an I can't really say an anomaly, but you're playing also one of the best 
you know, teams in the nation, offense in the nation, but the defense has been has been solid. Um, and I just didn't. I thought the defense was going to be more of, um, you know, was going to be more of an issue this year. And I thought the offense was going to have to keep pace because the defense was going to have was going to have more of the issues, just because of young D linemen and more, you know, younger players. I thought the offense was ready to go with the O line group. They finally got together and a QB in year three of this of this offense. And um, you know, even even with some younger wideouts, I thought this 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 team could go and, and really rely on their offense. But that hasn't been the case so far through two games. And obviously there's a lot of football, hopefully, to be played this year. Um, and no more games are, are canceled. But uh, it's, it's, it's a little perplexing, you know, at times. But uh, the defense, they held it down at the bar, and they played great. Luke Reimers was phenomenal. The D-line played good enough to get that one bad play, and they figured it out. Uh, Northwestern tried to run that play a couple more times later in the game, and um, they couldn't get anything going on that play, so Nebraska adjusted well. They matched their physicalness. Uh, Northwestern is always a physical team. You know, there wasn't a ton of penalties uh, defensively, so you, they 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 played the way you're supposed to play in a game. And you now you just need the offense to pick up there into the bargain, and, uh, and unfortunately, they didn't do it. Jay Moore's with us, Sale Varsity Radio, the More To It podcast with Jay Moore on Herdad Media and Hale Varsity and uh, co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay, I know you're going to be going over some plays tomorrow night on Big Red Wrap-Up. What's your take on the quarterback situation? Is it time to, to make a move? And, and I think the, the rest of the state and a lot of pundits have said, let's see what Luke can do as a starter. I mean, that's that's been vocalized since Saturday afternoon. Ultimately, it's up to Frost, and ultimately it's up to Adrian and uh, Luke to see who does better in practice to earn the nod this week. But is it time to, to give the young guy a try? You know, it doesn't – it wouldn't hurt. Um, I mean, my biggest concern, and I addressed this with Corey last night in my um, – in the postgame pod, I just – thing I hate is when you have – sometimes you have two QBs, I don't think you have one QB. Right. And I hate, I hate them going back and forth. I just don't – it's it's a blessing, but it's also can be a blessing and or and it can be a crutch too. Because I just feel like, well, this guy doesn't work. Let's put him in. I do I do think you have to get a QB in a, in a rhythm. Um, and I know some people think I'm crazy, but I still think Adrian gives this offense the best opportunity to win. I think Adrian, you know, I was people have been texting me, and I don't think you know. I know you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I think Adrian is 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 a is a good. He can throw the football very very well. And I think he, you know, if you're if you're trying to stretch the football field and uh, make teams defenses honest, and I think you got the, you have to play Adrian because he he's he's shown the ability to throw a good deep ball. Um, I don't know if Luke. I haven't really seen Luke throw um, a deep ball, you know, and I haven't seen him do that yet. But what? So then, in flip side, what I do like what Luke does. He seems very, um, you know, he's he's quick. He seems like he processes things a little quicker, um, you know, and and if we're only going to throw. You know, if we're not going to press the ball downfield more than 20 yards, then, you know, I think Luke throws, you know, those timing routes when he was in there, threw them very well. Um, you know, so I think each guy presents something a little better than what, you know, the other guys can't do mm-hmm. um, or can do. So, you know, listen, you're trying to get this offense going. and But it's, it's not like it's not been going. I mean, they, again, they've, it's 450 yards of total offense. It's just they can't score points. 
So it's who's going to give yourself a better opportunity to score in the red zone? Who's going to execute the offense in the red zone? Who's what can you do? You know, and I, listen, if if it's Luke, then I mean, try it. Why not? I mean, why not? Why not give him give him a shot? Um, but the interesting thing is too now, which I um, we I discussed too on the podcast was, you know what? I, I want to see how Adrian kind of responds. You know, I want to see you know if Adrian you know really had some you know some piss and vinegar and I'm, you know, it's be like, Hey, you know, we can be, you know, me and me and Luke can be buddy, buddy, but this guy ain't taking my job and I'm going to compete my ass off and I'm going to do the little things and I'm going to play better. Um, and I hope, I hope that's what happens. Um, but you, you got to start scoring some points and if you, in, in the red zone, and if that's, if that's Luke, then give him a shot because, uh, Adrian sure can't get it done right now because I mean, you can just look, I mean, last year was, uh, Nebraska was, I think, 110th in the nation in red zone scoring percentage um, when Adrian was there. Um, they were a little, they were a lot better his freshman year. They were like 25th or 26th in the nation in red zone scoring percentage as as, as Adrian as a true freshman. And they're, you know, they're off to the same kind of issues they had last year as well. So, listen, it's things can't get any worse in the red zone. So you might as well try someone else. And, and see if it works, and then if you don't, you know you can bring in the other. I don't, but it's it can become a slippery slope too, and that's why I think sometimes when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. So um, we'll we'll kind of see how this week progresses and see who comes out against Penn State. Well, we'll uh, we'll get ready for Penn State. We'll be at Piedmontese on Friday, four to six, Bird. So we'll talk about the uh, Nittany Lions then. But thanks for your insight and uh, recapping uh, Northwestern with us today. Yep, no problem. You got it, guys. Take care. Jay Moore with us, Blackshirt Husker NFL. Good to hear from him. Get his take. Check out his podcast. More to it. Phone lines open till 5 right now for this first hour, 466-3776. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Therapy Monday continues. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We do have a phone line open for you at 1-800-825-5865-466-3776. Thoughts on the Nebraska-Northwestern game. And uh, I think Jay nailed it. We said it uh, to start the show. This team still does not have it figured out how to win. How do they win moving forward? Why does Nebraska continue to injure themselves? time and time again, and there's a severe pucker factor going on with this football team uh, in tight games. And in in the red zone, everything shrinks. It's tough. We'll get to more of your calls. We'll hear some Scott Frost here in a moment on the quarterback situation moving forward. Scott, thanks for hanging on the line. Go ahead. Hi, how you doing today? Good, man. What do you know? Hey, uh, I have uh, several comments, and one is, uh, I've never seen Scott Frost do this, but it seems like if you get to second and one or less than one, he doesn't throw the long ball. And they seem to get down there about the 30-yard line, and it, would just, it was less than one, and then they ran and they made a first down. But I don't think they made it in the end zone. I don't know if they scored a, a field goal either. And so I don't know why they don't do that on a second and one, knowing that you have several Take plays. Take a shot. Yes? No, he said take a shot deep on second and one. Play with the down. Yeah, play with the down. 
and then uh, and then the other time they got the ball, uh, it was the same possession, but third and goal on the pass intercept or uh, pass uh, interference, and they they did run the ball, but they ran it from the shotgun, and I don't know why they don't get up under center and they run four straight plays, and then they they got another pass interference call in the end zone, yep, and it was on the two yard line. And uh, they they keep backing up, and I don't know why they just can't go try it uh, three, four straight times into the end zone under center. So, and I, it's you good, know, I'm it's not a good here question. every day. No, it's 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 a good question, Scott. And uh, yeah, let's let's go old old school under center. Bring in Mills as your fullback, or let Mills be your hammer. Uh, they had Austin Allen in. I know in one of the red zone series against Ohio State is the lead blocker, six uh, nine Mountain coming at you. So it was there. I think there were some miscues. I'm not making excuses, but guys missed assignments. And Scott, thanks for the phone call. Guys missed assignments clearly on on some of the red zone play calls. Uh, the other part of it is, yeah, you're you're going fade route, and I know Vocalex big body tight end, but they're not going to any of these young big wideouts and and I don't know if it's a situation where guys don't know the full playbook and I think that's part of it okay but Betts has been running fade routes Fleming's been running fade routes Omar's been running fade my fade routes their whole life you can you can sure as hell stack all three of them out wide and have fun with that I mean there's there's a ton of things you can do but none of it's getting done and Nebraska's A, not executing in the red zone. B, they are outthinking themselves. C, they're making bad decisions, uh, either be it uh, from the quarterback position in the red zone or guys aren't getting a block. I mean, that's, that's just it. Nebraska tried to run power a couple of times against Northwestern, and it got slammed. I mean, after the pass interference call, it was first and goal at the two, and you lose two yards trying to run Mills up the middle. And then you try throwing the football because your power game wasn't working. Don't kid yourself. Not having Jurgens was big, okay, at center when it comes to that. And that I, I believe that. If you get Jurgens in there and you have Farniak at one of the guards and you got Piper at the other guard, I think your interior is much, much more sturdy. Let's go to uh, John. John's been hanging on the line. John, thanks for the call. Still a line open at 466-3776. John, go ahead. All right, Smitty. How are you, buddy? I'm all right, man. Saturday was a little tough to take. Grandma oh. was watching the game with Grandma, and and she may have swore a, a couple of times. Good for Grandma. Well, here's the thing. I called. Uh, I called after the Ohio State game because I used to coach football, so I know I know a little bit about what I'm looking at, and I saw enough good things in that Ohio State game to really feel like, hey, we we have turned a corner in, in a lot of different areas. And so I was stunned at what I saw last week or on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Stunned. I, I, and I think you just alluded to uh, clearly our, our center missing made a huge difference. But uh, I, I still don't understand why, you know, we, it, looks, it appears to me like we have two, maybe three guys that have the kind of speed to stress a defense. And one of them stood on the sideline for three quarters and a half. 
and I don't understand that. So I was very frustrated about that. You want uh, you want the full pick. You want you want the why? Why is McCaffrey not I, in the ball game? And, and Scott no sense, Scott's Eddie. answer was, "Hey, Northwestern showed us some things that." That didn't allow. That's that's his answer. It wasn't expanded upon detail wise, and you just went at it like that. But yeah, McCaffrey and and Wandale. I mean, these guys, I think, are going to be mature dudes. I think they're going to be really good teammates. But eventually, you also know what you can do to help the team, and you need to get them the football. And when it's fourth and four, and the clock's down to zero, and the pass wasn't great, but at least they were looking for Wandale. Nebraska's got to make a decision. Are they going to put their best athletes out on the field and live with what they can do and make somebody stop what they can do? Or are you going to go with the guys that know the playbook but don't stress anybody ever? Totally agree with you. The other point, real quick, is if we don't have somebody who can stretch the defense, take the top off, then we essentially are playing against an extra player on defense. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're waiting on your power run. And, and quarterback draw. I mean, our offense is going to dry up. I'm telling you, teams scout you, and they study you, and it's it's not going to be good. we got to find somebody. And like I said, I, I saw a lot of good things in that first game. Hopefully it comes back, but I, it was stunning to watch Saturday. I just didn't understand John, any of it. John, thanks for the phone call. I mean, uh, Nebraska fans are so frustrated right now. I know you can't go Saturday, and it makes you sick, but there's a lot of people, and, and my my dad got this way, and, and he, he was a big-time Nebraska fan, and he was a guy that lived through the, the tough Oklahoma years, and he was a guy that, you know, supported them. And they knew that if you're getting rocked by Miami or Florida State, it's going to happen because they're really good, right? I mean, and I'm talking those bowl games. But eventually, Nebraska got to a point where they were handing out the butt kickings. But these last several years just made him sick with what he was seeing. And there's a lot of the Nebraska fan base right now that is at that point where... Are you going to invest that emotion into this football team when they can't take care of their own work? They hurt themselves as much as it's the other team stopping them, making a good play. We'll wind down hour one. More thoughts from you. More phone calls on the way. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Still room for you here till uh, 5 o'clock. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, 10 minutes away. His thoughts on Saturday. Greg Smith next hour. And then open phones uh, all second hour as well. Reaction to Nebraska. We're talking about why games like Saturday keep happening to Nebraska. 466-3776. Also, where does Nebraska go at the quarterback spot? So, uh, if you're moving in 2020, West Blue Realty is the answer for you when it comes to residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. West Blue Realty is where you go. Give Tom Luby a shout at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofsnyder, 402-202-2312. And uh, when you mention Hale Varsity, up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. How about some red zone efficiency there? 
huh? When it comes to West Blue Realty, westbluerealty.com. Get an appointment set up today with uh, Tom or Kelly, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Scott Frost is a quarterback. He's a Nebraska quarterback. His uh, prized recruit was Adrian Martinez in that first class, uh, a cross-country trip to get a yes, and he will not turn his back on Adrian. Adrian needs to play better football, understatement of the week from the weekend. But how does Scott Frost navigate the quarterback spot based on his history and understanding of it in Nebraska, and you've got a young standout that really does spark the offense in Luke McCaffrey. How do you handle it? They've been splitting time. Well, you didn't see much of, of, of Luke until Adrian made that fatal interception uh, in the third quarter. Here is Scott Frost from earlier today on sifting through that decision at quarterback and, and helping make the best choice for the team. Yeah, I wish I had the magic answer for that. All, all I can tell you is I'm going to treat that position just like any other and um, it'd be a disservice to my football team to play a player at any position if if we had a player at that position that we thought gave us a better chance to win. So we just have to evaluate that like uh, any other position and, and play the guy that practices the best and uh, is most ready to help us win a football game. Ted emails in. Get your emails in as well. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Follow Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence, uh, at Schmidt underscore radio for me. Uh, this is Ted on email. When I watched Frost's UCF teams play, they did two things that Frost is not doing at Nebraska. First, they consistently ran a hurry-up offense, which kept the opponents off balance. Second, he used his tight ends creatively and often. My take is that Frost has some pieces in place, but if you look at his 2021 recruiting priorities, you see the pieces that Frost needs to run his offense a lot of tight ends. I'm looking forward to next year when we have Frost-type tight ends. Well, um, I think you've got some good options here, Ted. you got Austin Allen, some big guy, can go get the football, can get open. Stoll's injury is huge. I mean, he knows the whole playbook. He's been here. He's a senior. And I think some of the, uh, the, the missteps maybe you had on some of those red zone blocking assignments – we're at the tight end spot. Vocalex a new addition, but I think he's pretty good, and they've clearly tried to target him. What they see in practice, they like. I mean, it's been the tight ends pretty much downfield, but those guys that are new, those young receivers, the Flemings, the uh, the Betzes, the Omar Mannings, Wandale's been here. Wan, Wandale's uh, a grizzled vet, I would say, in that receiver room. They got to get him the football and just kind of cut it loose. That's the thing. Nebraska is is afraid to make a mistake in a lot of areas, but specifically on offense, and there's uncertainty in the red zone. Charlie McBride's next. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Live. Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Kickoff times are set noon on Black Friday for Iowa, 11 o'clock for Illinois. 
Of course, Penn State comes to town on Saturday for 11 o'clock on FS1. We'll see where Nebraska is from today to Saturday. If they can bounce back, a tough one against Northwestern. We bring in Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, Mondays with Charlie. Coach, how's the weather up your way? Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, it is like summertime. So you got what we still want. We got a winter weather advisory here. <laughs> you sent us the weather. You told me it was going to be warm. So I, now you're going to get send us a winter advisory. That's not good. No, oh, hopefully it goes south for you. But, you know, a tough ball game on Saturday to watch. Nebraska, just too many mistakes, too many errors, a lot of turnovers, frustration. Man, it was uh, it was a game that was winnable, and Northwestern uh, played a little bit cleaner football game and, and made more plays. Charlie, I want to get your thoughts on what you saw Saturday and what stuck out to you. Well, you know, if you take away take away some of the mistakes and some of the things that you know, I mean, we didn't even get the ball snapped, and we had a penalty. You know, and I thought, oh, don't, you know, and I know the coaches have been talking about it all week. In fact, for three years they've been talking about it. And I don't know, somebody, they're not getting through to them. I don't know what what the heck the problem is. But but anyway, it seemed like, um, you know, those mistakes turned into, again, a few big plays and there was a mistake and this and that and but I was, I'll be honest with you, I think that I saw some really good stuff. Really? And, uh, okay. I, you know, and individual people, um, you know, I, 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 I thought that, it's, uh, you know, I usually watch the defense probably a little more, and I was, I was pretty excited about the the way they were p- trying and playing hard. They were missing a bunch of tackles. I mean, a bunch. But those things can be cleaned up. But you've got to do them in practice. You've got to do it every day. I mean, you cannot say, well. We need to do something else. You don't do that. You got to do it, and open field tackling especially. Uh, I notice if you look at the film, you'll see a lot of diving around on the ground and not no breaking down. And mm-hmm. you know, once they get past the line of scrimmage, everybody wants to blow somebody up, and that's sometimes the problem because you know they want to make a great hit and all that stuff. The thing is, get a hold of them. I mean. You know, all this tackling stuff, you need to get a hold of the guy and hold him up for your friends or do anything, but you've got to, you cannot let him run with the football and just, uh, you know, missing tackles. So it's, it's a focus thing, it's a concentration thing, it's a daily thing. And, uh, you know, that would be the only thing. But as far as the young players and, you know, well, some of the old ones too, but I really was was happy with uh, you know that, that it was a game where some of these kids got to play finally. Really, I mean, more time. I, I guess they should put it that way in a game where you can, you know, pretty much look at them. I think we really missed the tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, a little bit. You know, I think that he's you know he's really a dependable guy with great hands and. You know, we had a few chances for a tight end, and it didn't work out. And uh, you know, some some we've got a you know new player for the transferred in, and you know that that was that was okay, but you know not like not not like normal. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, 
it 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 frustrated me in some ways, but in other ways, it looks like they really are on the, in the right direction. If they can clean up some of this stuff, they could be dangerous. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Mar City Radio Mondays with Charlie. Coach, you you've spent a lot of your career also on the offensive line, and and I know that. You want a perfect game on the line. Yes, it doesn't always happen. You're going to get a hold, and you're going to get a full start probably one or, or two a game. But Nebraska at times has had one or two a series, right? I mean, that's that's happened. And I, I know that it's drilled by Coach Austin. But what do you chalk up? That 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 mental lapse too. Are, are guys nervous? Are they trying too hard? In your in your well, experience, what what do you uh, attribute this yeah. to? Uh, guys moving positions in a week. <laughs> okay. I mean that's that's major. I mean it yeah. may not. You know, a player can say, "Yeah, I can do it, coach." Sure, he can. But are you gonna? <laughs> You aren't going to make and make any mistakes. You promise that? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 you're you're moving guys around now still, and uh, you know, and it's it would all be done in spring practice, yeah. and that's that's where they're, you know, they're having spring. It looks like they're having spring practice right now. There's more receivers that I haven't you haven't mm-hmm. seen before. There's more guys playing in the Northwestern game that hasn't haven't played in the first two games that much. And have got no experience, so you've got to settle down. You know your offensive line. You have to. You cannot keep switching guys around in the middle, basically in the middle of the year. I mean, I don't think you can do that. Now this is different, just because you've got. You know, you've got number one. You got the virus. You might have to. That's number one. But number two is you don't have spring ball to really evaluate these guys. And it looks like, you know, part of it is a being an evaluation and say, well, listen, we got to move this guy here. We can have a better line if we do that. But that guy, if he's been playing one spot or, you know, uncomfortable at one or thought all year, all summer about playing that one spot and then turn around and bang, the next week you're changing them and putting them at center or you're putting them at guard or whatever you're doing or switching sides and mm-hmm. things like that, that, that's not easy. I mean, it. It, it sounds easy, and, and sometimes coaches think it should be easy, but for the player himself, there's a mental change, and there's a lot of more, lot more thinking going into it because he is changing. And so that, that, that can cause some problems. But it's important, an offensive line, those guys need to play together. I mean, you know, you, you know if you have guys switching from one position to the other and things like that, I, I, there's – there's got to be some, you know, some evaluation and say, hey, this is it. We got to go through the year this way. We're going to go. That's it. Uh, you know, we've got games to play, and we got to get guys some confidence. And so that's that's one thing. Defensively, it's a little different because you can, you know, I, I think your substitution's a little bit more frequent. Uh, you can do there, especially in the front seven. I don't know about the secondary. I think you have you're like an eye back kind of back there. You got to get the feel of the game. You know, you got to get used to you know covering people and uh, stuff like that. It just you just don't run on the field and cover a guy, and um, and it's hard. And because I think that 
a lot of them have been told that they're they're going to play, and so that that's part of the promise. And and you know, I hope that's not what's taken over on this team because that can really cause a problem when you start you know saying, well, this guy is is uh, you know going to play because I told him this and that, and that's you know that's that's the coach's problem, and. Uh, so you know those things can can happen. I don't know if they're happening or not, mm-hmm. but uh, those are some of the things that can happen. I, and I think the same thing. You can't just start shuffling around your, your. You think I remember Tom used to say, "You put the best players you got on that cover and covering kicks and stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't put some guy in there. Oh, we're going to let you play this week and put you over here at number two, you know, on a cover team, and you've never done it before." And you get down there, or you're the contained guy, or you're the safety, and you've never done it before. And so that's why spring ball is really important, because they're still doing some of that. And, you know, I don't know if other people are doing the same thing or not, but I just noticed that, that, you know, we are, we have some permanent guys, I think, on that cover, Mm -hmm. on on the coverage and on the special teams. But I think there's a lot of substitution, too. Coach, I want to get your thoughts. Charlie McBride's with us on how you think Scott will handle the quarterback situation. Adrian didn't have a great day. You there still? Hello? I got you. Do you still have us? Hello? Coach, you got us? Hello? Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask you about the quarterback spot. And how you think Scott's going to handle the quarterback spot in this team, their confidence overall because they've lost so many close games in another one Saturday? Yeah. Well, I, I thought that, uh, you know, I thought, I thought maybe they'd do some of the same stuff they did before, but it seemed like they got away from that a little bit. And I thought uh, maybe in the first, even in um, the first first quarter and first half, they'd, they'd switch a few guys and, they were going to play both of them because I'm confused at what their their philosophy is about it because it's changed. I mean, it, it you know I thought maybe they were going to do pretty much the same as they did before, uh, pick their spots and you know and some guys had certain plays or whatever it was. I don't know, but uh, I think probably you know the thing to do is is I I always think that it's best that you start your your guy that you know that you've you've counted on before and see how that goes. And if it doesn't, you make a change, but, um, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be, I'm not a big guy to switch somebody unless it's, you know, unless it's, (laughs) you really have it in your heart that it's got to be done. And I don't know if that's, that's the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if it'd be in my heart. I think I'd probably go ahead and start, you know, your starter, the guy that, uh, you know, it's, and then if things didn't work out right away or if you didn't feel comfortable with it, um, and and don't start second-guessing yourself. If you don't feel comfortable with it, get it done. You know, don't don't wait till it's too late or something bad happens. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that way. I think that uh, he's going to look and evaluate himself a little bit and, and, and really fight back. Uh, and so that's what you don't want to do is you don't want a guy that has been, you know, you've depended on for a couple of years and then just all of a sudden dump him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but 
again, there may be reasons. You know, there may be reasons that there, that has to be done. Uh, I, I, I'd prefer to start with our, your experienced quarterback and, and then, um, and you know, let the other guy play. There's, there's spots in there, mm-hmm. that he, things he can do that, you know, the other, the other ones can't do. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I just, you know, I just, uh, I don't think there ought to be a big change right at the moment. I mean, at the, before the game starts, I think you need to see how it goes. And if things just aren't working out, then you need to change. Coach, what about confidence in, in winning and this team needs something good to happen, but they got to go kind of make it happen. And, and that's well, where I'm wondering, where's their head at going into Saturday? Well, one of the things that I, 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 I didn't, you didn't have, you know, as a, as, a, as a defensive coach, you didn't have a lot of control over that. You had control over your guys. And my, mine was is we have a responsibility, and that's to get the ball for the offense. Whatever you do, we got to do that. We have to do that. We can't. We can't not just say, "Oh, you know, let's let them go down the field." We have to get it. We have to get it done. That's that's what we're supposed to do. And if we get we get it done, and then the offense gets fired up, if we play well and really do some good things, they're going to say, "Hey, these guys are playing their tails off. We got to go." And so a lot of times it works like that, especially with young people. Um, but uh, you know, I I just think that uh, you know that's that's one thing individual coaches can do is is let them know that they have a responsibility to the the offense and or the defense depending on what side of the ball they're mm-hmm. on. You know, we've got to get this thing in the end zone. You know, if we I always used to say, look at if we only get about ten plays in the first half and we have to stand on the sideline and. Watch the game. Aren't we having fun? <laughs> I mean, you know, we're just over here watching guys beat somebody up. Eating some hot and, dogs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so I think it works on for both ways. And I think both people feed off of each other. And, and that's why I think that if, if the guys on defense feel it's three and out, it's our responsibility, we got to go talk about three and out, talk about it. You know, I mean, as a group, talk about it all the time. You, know, you might go seven downs or ten downs. I don't know, but you know, keep don't don't give up on it. Keep keep going because mm-hmm. uh, nobody's ever going to be perfect. I mean, you're not not going to play a perfect game. It doesn't happen. You're going to make mistakes. Blow them off. Don't don't say, oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Stuff that can't do it. And and coaches have to talk to the players about that kind of thing. Uh, they can make a they can make a hundred three sixty turnaround in one one week, with with focus on every play and everything they're doing. Charlie you know, McBride's with us. De- you know, if you're a defensive guy, is there a reason to be offside? No, you need to get your eyeballs and your peripheral vision on the football, and when it's moving, you're going. I always used to say, if it's moving, man, kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, we'll uh, we'll get caught up next Monday. Hopefully, a win for Nebraska against Penn State. Thanks for your insight today. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do well. And I hope you know. I mean, it's just we're gonna do well. We've got to blow it up sometime. We might as well do it this week. Get that W. All right, Coach. You take okay. care. Thanks you again. Okay. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. 
we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for your time. Open phones till 6. Can get in line 800-825-5865-466-3776. What happens at quarterback for Nebraska on Saturday? We welcome in Greg Smith, recruiting analyst, football lover. Greg Smith is found on Twitter at GregSmithHV. You read him with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Greg, uh, what did you, you munch on before, during, before, during, and, and after Saturday. I mean, let's just start with maybe something that will ease tensions uh, with with the result Saturday. Did you have some good grub? I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, I think we just had. I think my wife picked up a burger on Saturday during the game, and then after the game, we had planned to have prime rib. Um, so we had prime rib on Saturday night. So you uh, you went prime rib after a loss <laughs> to make yourself you feel better. Your pain, right? Yeah, that's, that's how that has to go. Right? Well, I, I like the plans. Greg's like, "Yep, we're doing some prime rib. I like it." <laughs> well, Saturday was was tough to watch, and you know, want to want to get into a little bit of game analysis here. What? You've talked to a lot of the kids that are now seeing the field. I'm talking Fleming. I'm talking Betts. I'm talking Omar. Guys like that. Uh, Luke as well. And interested to kind of gauge your thoughts on the young guys contributing and just the overall self-harm that's going on in the program. Just that dynamic of going with some of your young playmakers, but there's limited roles for them just because of their knowledge, right? Uh, you know, how, how quickly can that expand for Nebraska? Uh, and give me a thought, too, on just the downfield part of things on offense. How can Nebraska start stressing some defenses um, to, to maybe hit some of those big plays Coach Frost is wanting? You know, it's interesting because what you're kind of asking was kind of the, the crux of my notebook that will be dropping here in about oh, 30 minutes. Okay. Um, because I do think that Nebraska is at an interesting place where you need to either, like and you're really kind of deciding, is the youth movement, quote unquote, here already, or does it still need to come? Like, how do they need to handle that? Um, and what I kind of think right now is that it's almost two separate issues. Um, one, you see youth all over the field um, in a number of places, whether it's the offensive line, the defensive line, linebacker with Luke Reimer, Miles Farmer made some, some contributions, obviously. Quentin Newsom played uh, during the game. You're seeing a, a lot of guys, especially on special teams, too. Um, then when you get past that side of it, which has been mostly good, you have what we were talking about just now, that wide receiver position, right, which has been its own complete monster and trying to get those guys up to speed because as Coach Frost alluded to today or flat out said, he recognizes, too, that the offense looks different when those guys are out there. When you're talking about Manning, um, you're talking about Fleming, you're talking about Betts and Alante Brown, who's been in the mix as well. Like The offense just moves differently um, when they're out there because they are actual downfield threats. Uh, for the offense. And I think that when you go into, you know, trying to manufacture or find those downfield threats, to me, it starts with having guys on the field that we just named that can actually go out there and do it. Um, and so uh, it's tough to say 
hey, all you freshmen and first-year players, go out there and save the offense. But in a way, those guys need to be out there and get up to speed to be able to get out there so that Nebraska can unlock kind of the potential of the offense so that at least you have the threat out there, right? It's not even necessarily that they're going to be ripping off 60-yard touchdowns left and right. It's just that the defense has to respect that they have that ability. Greg, why do you think Adrian's struggling? Boy, his footwork is not good. Um, like, and I feel like that's something we've talked about that before with him. And I feel like when his footwork is bad in the pocket, um, the accuracy of his throws um, really seems to follow that. Then it also seems that there has been kind of a regression with Adrian when it comes to whether or not he's reading the defense quick enough um, to then be able to see guys that are open. Because if you if you watch it back or if you even watching it live as well, you see that guys are open. Like this offense, the one thing or one of the things that you've always known about this offense is that the scheme is going to get guys open. I don't think that Nebraska is, is the exception to that. I think guys have been open. I just think that he's having a hard time for whatever reason seeing those guys and actually finding them. And I think that that's a confidence issue as well as once it starts to snowball away from you um, it, it really gets away from you uh, but on the flip side uh, he's showing that confidence in the run game you just wish that he had that same um, kind of mojo about him in the passing game too. Greg Smith is with us talking Nebraska Northwestern AleVarsity.com and magazine at Greg Smith HV it's where you follow Greg on Twitter so we've talked about the youth movement. Uh, I really liked Marvin Scott. I thought he looked good running the football. Mm-hmm. Um, the the penalties and the, the red zone. What are you seeing from the red zone? Uh, obviously, I know that it's not been successful. Nebraska's three for nine uh, in the red zone when it comes to touchdowns scored. Is it just a situation where Nebraska is unable to run power, or is it more of a situation where Nebraska is not sure what to do in the red zone, or is it just kind of a personnel issue where whoever's at quarterback is making the right decision? I think it's part of the second thing that you said where guys seem unsure out there, and I wonder if they don't seem unsure because the staff seems to be kind of caught in between whether or not they kind of want to throw the ball and run some more cutesy type plays, or if they want to load up and go jumbo and just power it in there. Um, Like you saw maybe a little bit more with that Dedrick Mills touchdown after the Miles Farmer interception. Like I think that it would help maybe Nebraska if, if they just knew hey, when we get down here in the red Maybe we're going to go jumbo. We're going to hit the opponent in the mouth, and we're going to run it right at them and see what happens. So that, that's something that kind of creates a little bit of nastiness in your offensive line. It gets them fired up to finish drives too. But I mean, they, they've got to try something, right, to try and get that fixed because they're moving the ball. Uh, you put up 442 yards, 28 first downs against Northwestern, which is we're going to look back and realize that that's a really good defense. You know that already. Yeah. Um, but they just couldn't punch it into the end zone, and I think that having that kind of physical and more nasty presence when they get in the red zone I think would help them a lot. Greg, I have the opinion that uh, that the red zone offense would look better if they had some threats on the outside that could go up and, and get a jump ball as opposed to just Vokalek or Austin Allen. It feels like those are the guys that were targeted a lot in the red zone. Uh, so, so who could that guy be? I mean, we, we saw a little bit of Omar Manning uh, on Saturday, but not that much. Uh, just what's your take overall on, on who can be catching the ball for the Huskers this season? 
Yeah, so that's interesting. I think that's a really good point. Is I think another way that you could help kind of loosen up the box, too, is if you had those guys on the outside. I think that that has to be um, Omar Manning or Xavier Betts. I think that if, if you had play action uh, with Diedrich Mills and then ran one of those guys on a slant uh, on the back end there, I think that that would be pretty good um, just based on their frames and size, make them be physical and go up and get the ball um, on slants or do the same thing with the jump balls if you really want to. I don't like. I don't hate the idea that they were throwing at the Travis Volkolek or Austin Allen because those guys are so big. Um, but you do have to mix in that, those other wide receivers as well because that's what you brought them, those guys here for too. Greg, at, at quarterback, let's talk about the, the decision. It's going to be who practices best this week. Um, typically it's been a 50-50 rep thing, but then whoever you deem starter gets more of those reps. Well, are you going to 50-50 it the rest of the week in practice getting ready for Penn State? Do you go back to more of a Ohio State plan with, with McCaffrey seeing the field outside of under center? I mean, there, there's a lot of questions I'm throwing at you here, but you know how important Adrian was to Coach Frost as that cornerstone kid in 18 for the recruiting class, and Adrian's had an up-and-down career. P- part of me has a hunch that Scott's going to hang with Adrian and let him and give him a chance to respond uh, Saturday mm-hmm. against uh, Penn State. The other side of me is like, well, okay, uh, you'll give him a chance to respond, and, and how long is that leash to, <laughs> to respond uh, for Adrian? Because, I mean, he's just been very erratic. He seems unsure, and he seems to be, to be pressing, and it's, it's got to be messing with him between the years. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I kind of go back and forth on this because I'm with you that part of me does really think that Scott will just roll with him to, to give him another shot with maybe some more weapons out there to see how it goes. And then if Adrian doesn't live up to his end of the bargain, he'll go with Luke. I can see that. But um, the other side of that, though, is, is how much are you slowing the development of McCaffrey or hurting his ability to really show what he can do by doing that versus just giving him the reps and building the game plan around him during in the week, right? Like you, you're raising the bar or the degree of difficulty for McCaffrey by playing it that way because in theory then you've built the game plan around Adrian Martinez and what he can do um, versus really honing in on the things that Luke does well um, which would have, would have helped your team in the football game against Penn State. Um, so there's a couple ways to go there. I, I just think that it, it doesn't feel to me like or it does feel to me that we've seen kind of what Adrian is at this point and I think that that's a scary proposition for him um, moving forward and I just I do think that there's something to the spark that Luke McCaffrey has provided to the team and you heard Dietrich Mills kind of allude to that after the game he did Uh, he absolutely did and the offenses moved the ball really well with with Luke, and not through Adrian's fault, but you've had a lot of penalties by his offensive line when, when he's been under center, too. I mean, the offense has shot themselves in the foot quite a bit. Yeah, and there's also something to, you know, it, when Luke's out there, the passing game looks a little bit better. It's not that it looks so much more explosive. It's just that he's finding guys that are open, um, and there have been guys consistently open out when he's out there as well, um, which also helps. Yeah, and watching that game film, it just looks like Luke is so fast through his progressions. He sees the field well. Uh, he seemed like the better quarterback to me on Saturday. Uh, but last season, we saw Adrian struggles, and, and he never got benched uh, for a game aside from injuries. Mm-hmm. So, so personal opinions aside, Greg, who do you think gets the start come Saturday? 
Boy, it's hard for me to pick against Adrian Martinez just based on everything that we've seen, but I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to say that Frost, I guess, surprises us and starts Luke McCaffrey on Saturday, but I'm not sure how to feel even about the fact that that feels like it would be a surprise at this point, given, you know, he pulled Adrian during the game and Luke had that final drive to hopefully win them the game. Um, It's just kind of all up in the air right now. Well, we'll see if Nebraska gets remedied or not and uh, makes a game of it against Penn State. Vegas says minus four, Nittany Lions. The Ofer Bowl going on Saturday. Who'd have thought that? I know Nebraska's schedule was tough to start out, but Penn State was supposed to be knocking on a on a Final Four door, and uh, they are not. Uh, we'll see who uh, kind of writes themselves. Greg Smith is with us. Greg, looking forward to the, uh, the the recruiting notebook. You and Jay Foreman, your podcast, about 10 seconds. Uh, folks can get that on Spotify, on iTunes, and Google Play. Uh, you guys cover Saturday quite a bit, I'd assume. Yeah, we, we went this morning, and yeah, we covered Saturday quite a bit, and kind of just the, the same old, here we go again, feeling the kind of dog in the program right now and how they can kind of pull out of it. Gotcha. Greg, thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate you jumping on. Hey, have a good one, guys. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Open phones here till 6, 466 825-5865 can join us. Talking Nebraska Northwestern, still thoughts for you. It's been a bit of a therapy Monday, and it's been play calling. It's been offensive line play. It's been tackling. It's been quarterback play and situation. And uh, let's hear a little bit more from Scott Frost on just where Nebraska's at and how, how do things shake out moving forward for, for Saturday. And where are you at as a Nebraska fan? Is there still excitement for you for Saturday? Or are you at the point right now between this yo-yo of football? It's going to be on, now it's off, now it's back on. Wisconsin game's punted. You look okay against Ohio State, and then you go out, and I think, I think most of the state thought Nebraska would beat Northwestern. Or if you didn't think they beat Northwestern, it'd be a normal rock fight, which it kind of turned into. But you expected Nebraska to, to play a cleaner football game, and they didn't. And, and the question is why? Is why is this Nebraska football program have uh, a situation where they're committing penalties, they're losing close games, and they are just a, a wreck in the red zone and it comes down to identity with where are their pet plays on offense how do they feel about their personnel I think they feel really good about the upside of their personnel but a lot of their personnel they like they're young and I don't think they've got the whole trapper keeper memorized yet and you're not getting great play from your quarterback this is beyond Adrian it's not all him but there are some throws where guys are open that he's not hitting. He's not even look he didn't even look as comfortable or as confident, quite honestly. If you remember the first series, the first drive against Ohio State against those monsters 
where he's he's back to pass and he's standing tall in the pocket. His feet aren't happy. And what's he do? He hits stole. Well, there was no stole on Saturday. I get it. But he, I mean, he, he scanned. And they're doing a different thing progression-wise. That may be slowing his judgment and, and reaction to make a throw, to make a play. But I think there's a lot of gun shyness to him right now. Well, I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. He was missing swing passes against Northwestern. The, the lateral throw, he's never really hammered home since his freshman year because he didn't hit him last year. And if he did complete it, no, one's blo- no one was blocking on the edge. Right? I mean, you just – that play is, is a killer for Nebraska. And you, you can discuss – the footwork, his his progression, all you want, but at the moment he's just a quarterback who's out of sorts, in my opinion. He is, and then and then the 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 play to to Allen in the end zone was horrific. He's where, seeing ghosts, in the words of Sam Darnold. Well, and the other side of it too is you, you put Luke in, and you you run that GD flea flicker, where I mean this was a, a horrid pitch by Mills. <laughs> it was bad. And why the hell are you calling it? Because you want it to work. I get it. I get Colorado beat you on it and flipped momentum. But this this team and this program right now is just searching. They're searching. They want to hold on to something good. They have made progress on the lines of scrimmage. And you didn't see that as much Saturday. Because you were without Jurgens, which is huge. I hope he's just truly day to day versus a guy that they put a bunch of weight on because of his athleticism and his body can't take the weight or his feet. And then you got to make that call on the receivers. I mean, you still got to stop it, right? Hey, Betts. Hey, Omar. Hey, Fleming. Run a drag route. Run a run an eight yard hitch. Run a fly pattern. Run a slant. I mean, you can just tell the dudes what to go do, even if they don't know all 8,000 plays or 80 plays or whatever the number truly is with the playbook. You still got to D them up versus is this a situation where they've got to go earn it on the field? No block, no rock. I mean, you do practice Monday through Thursday. And are they doing everything you're asking of them at a high enough level to get out there. And if they're not, are you preventing them from being out there to do what they truly do well? Every wideout wants to come in and catch 15 passes like they're Julio. Now, Julio's pretty sweet at blocking. Julio's pretty good at getting downfield. Big example, I know. Julio also has a quarterback that can get him the ball reliably. That's the other side of this, is we're, we're all wondering, why doesn't Nebraska get downfield throwing the football? Well... I don't know. I'd like to see, if I'm a betting man, the guy that's going to deliver a pass downfield and take the top off right now, who's got a better chance of completing that play, to me, is Luke. If I'm moving forward, if I'm making the call right now, if I'm the guy in charge, I am going with Luke McCaffrey. And if Luke struggles, guess what? Adrian, you're back in, so be ready. That's fair. And if I'm going to go with Adrian, then Luke's going to be on the field a lot. And it's more the Ohio State setup. Because that seemed to work. 
But right now, uh, I, I got a con. The, that's the that's the rub here is the fact that you're loyal to a kid. Your job as a coach is to coach him out of this and get him better. But the kids eventually got to go execute for you. And it'd be real easy. I mean, that was pretty bold. Were you shocked that Scott made a change? No. Well, we. I, some of us, some of us were wondering if a change should have been made sooner. Now that's the boat I'm in, and my take on it for the game Saturday is: if Adrian can't handle getting benched for a game, if he can't handle sitting on the sideline and being a supporter of Luke McCaffrey and rooting for the team, uh, and, and understanding I had a bad game last week, and if I'm sitting on the bench, it's probably what I deserve. Uh, then he shouldn't be your captain. That's my take on it. Your captain should be a guy that can that can concede for a game. He he can go handle the rigors of of dealing with the emotions of getting benched that that's what who your captain should be if he can't handle that he shouldn't be your captain that's why i think luke mccaffrey's got to get that start on saturday from what you saw on saturday i mean i saw adrian clapping his hands but i didn't see as many camera shots and i probably need to go rewatch. you tell me what did you see from adrian once he got benched was it Tough to watch him when they'd show a shot of him on the sideline. What what type of teammate was he on the sideline? Was he a guy that was just not playing, or was he a guy that was engaged in the game? We're, listen, man, if, if we're wearing his Adidas that Saturday, we're all sorts of pissed off that we're not playing. We got yanked, but our performance kind of warranted that, especially the back-breaking interception when you're at the 25-yard line or you're in field goal range and the thing's... 14 to 13. You're within Culp's distance to at least give you the lead back. Was he a good teammate on the sideline? I didn't notice that he was. Wasn't. But yeah, that, that's your that's your captain. And if he ain't playing, he's got to be supporting. And I don't think he's the type of person that wouldn't be having the back of Luke. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, thanks for your input, your phone calls, your emails today. And uh, good stuff from Charlie McBride, Greg Smith, Jay Moore. Reminder about buckling up. Nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing their seatbelt if used properly. The seatbelt can reduce the risk of injury up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash, buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, really sad news with Alex Trebek passing away. And uh, this was on Twitter a little earlier, but you had uh, one episode of Jeopardy where it was a football theme. And the three contestants, not shocking, didn't know football. Now, they know how to probably break, uh, not only break up, but make great blue meth. I mean, they're brainiacs, but they're not, uh, they're not football fans. This is great. Football 200. Your choice, do or don't name this play in which the quarterback runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to another back. It's an option play. Ryan? (laughs) 
Uh, football, 400. I can tell you guys are big football fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Uh, do you think we should go to commercial? <laughs> Brian? Take it on to 600. Okay, by signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. <laughs> Fair catch. Two clues left, Ryan. 800. These penalties are simultaneous violations by the offense and defense that cancel each other out. And they are called offsetting penalties. Let's look at the $1,000 clue, just for the fun of it. Jimmy? As Minneapolis's U.S. Bank Stadium prepares to host Super Bowl 52, I'm looking at the Ring of Honor with names from this defensive line that took the Vikings to four Super Bowls. If you guys ring in and get this one, I will die. <laughs> Who are the purple people eaters? We're going to take a break. I have to talk to them. <laughs> Let me hear Ogre one more time. Let me hear Ogre one more time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trebek, your mother, Trebek. Uh, I mean, you're right. I mean, our favorite Canadian that has passed away, Mr. Talk Show host or uh, game show host, that was bad. This was like, like, man, I know football. How did none of you three know football? He was flat out annoyed and he knew from the get go that this category was going to suck. At least he put it in their face a little bit. Always enjoyed that. I, I always like kind of wanted to go on Jeopardy. I'm not terrible at it, but I always just went with the hope that I could just sweep a football category, could get lucky, just crush it. Just get, if I can get that one category, you know, like against, uh, Woody Harrelson's wife and white man can't jump, Rosie Perez. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is if I go sweep that one category, then I, I've set myself up well for Final Jeopardy, and then it's anyone's game. It is, but at least you got your take home money. Mm -hmm. All right. Tomorrow, Coach Kaczynski will be with us. Rob Zadiska with us. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity.